things have been building, and they just built to a crescendo on Thursday night. And Friday, it was just like, that was a hard day Friday. But uh, as I was sitting here this morning, I remember I told you guys a dream that I had maybe six weeks ago. And the, the, the whole idea of the dream was, it's not over yet. <laughs> so I was preaching to myself while we were worshiping this morning. It ain't over yet. But we, we have a, um, a little holiday spot that we like to go to, and we have a boat. And to get, it has a motor on it, with, and the motor has a motor to lift it. There's a motor that lifts the motor. And the only way I can get this boat out of the lake is if I lift that motor all the way up or else it drags on the ground. And uh, for the last three, four weeks, the motor wouldn't work. So every time we would bring the boat into the dock, it would actually get stuck in the, the dirt. And I knew the day of reckoning was coming where I had to spend a lot of money because I had the chief mechanic look at it. I had the secondary chief mechanic look at it. And none of us could figure out what was wrong. And if anybody knows me, I'm the least. I am like, I don't even want to think about mechanical things. Because I am just lousy at mechanical things. I, I purposely ignore conversations that our two pastors have when it becomes a mechanic, because I don't want to get drawn into this stuff. So, I, I have to leave the cottage on Wednesday to come home, and this thing still isn't fixed. And I know that next week i got to load the boat up, and I'm going to spend a lot of money, and that at this point in time does not excite me. So, Wednesday morning, I kind of, I, I have a habit of waking up early, and, um, and, and I fell back to sleep, and I had a dream. On Wednesday morning, I had a dream, and I woke, woke my eyes woke up, it was six o'clock, and this was my second wake up, six o'clock, my eyes woke up, I know exactly what's wrong with that thing, I know exactly what it is, and then I fell asleep again. Because I couldn't go out to the boat at 6 o'clock in the morning. And for the rest of the day, I totally forgot I had this dream. Because I, I don't even remember what the dream was. All I know is I woke up and I knew the answer. And the whole day went by. And it was getting close to my, my leaving time. And I thought, you know what, I better put gas in the boat so that my wife doesn't have to do that when I'm gone. And I thought, you know what, that, that battery, I'm going to, Pastor Nelson had charged up, we have two batteries, because for some reason this battery always drains. And so I thought, you know what, I'm just going to take the second battery and, and put it in. And as I'm carrying the gas can, and I have a habit of carrying two things at the same time because they even itself out. I don't know if you've ever tried to carry one thing and you walk like this and you get a sore. So I had a gas can in one hand and a battery so that I would be evened out. And I'm walking down to the, 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 the dock and I literally get on the dock and I stopped and I said, I had a dream. I know exactly what's wrong and I don't need this battery and I know exactly what's wrong with this thing. So I put it all down and in my dream... Or actually, I don't know what the dream was. I just remember waking up and the ca there's a cable missing. There's a cable missing. And so I went in and there's this loose cable in the back of the motor. That's totally hidden. You can't find it. And I found it. <laughs> I, I, I told Pastor Nelson, God has a way of making the most unmechanical person a genius. <laughs> And I found it, and I hooked it up, and the motor lifts. It just, it was amazing. I was, Brenda, Brenda came down to the dock and said, what are you doing? I said, I had a dream. 
and I fixed the boat. She goes, really? I said, yeah, get me that booster thing. And boost, and, and uh, <laughs> she, I, I, she was standing on the dock. I was in the boat, and I hit the button, and you heard that beautiful sound of the motor humming up. And she got so excited, I got to go tell my dad that you fixed the boat. <laughs> it was a total miracle, total miracle. So, but that, that's a, an incredibly practical thing. And I'm going to tell you another one that's, well, I want to tell you the next morning. I got home, and I'm, I'm flying high, and things are going great. I'm excited. And I, I wake up the next morning, and Shawneen is driving her car, and I hear it go out of the driveway, and that thing has an irritating whine to it. But, and it's been, yeah, it's been getting worse. And about 10 minutes later, or not, no, five minutes later, I get a phone call, and she has tried to get over the overpass, and just that little hill said, my car won't go over the hill. And I, oh, no. This Saturn view, this is the third time this transmission has went. The first two times, the warranty covered it, and it was like $3,500, $4,000 for this crazy transmission. And the last time, they said, you know what? We've done this twice for you. We're not going to do it next time. So Thursday morning, I get this phone call. My car went, and I thought, oh, no. Here goes $3,500. And I, I can't fix it. I, I, I don't have that. So, but that's... A different side of the story. I went and I brought my Sunfire, pulled up there in my car that works, and she jumped into that, and I jumped into the Saturn, and I said, I'm going to get this thing home because I can't afford to get a toy. <laughs> so we had to push it around, literally, we pushed it. The guy that there, she had pulled into a business, the guy came out and said, Anything wrong? He said, Can you just push me onto this road? Because I know if I can, if I can get going, if I can get going, it's flat all this, this, all this way. And uh, the, I, I'm stepping on the gas, and the RPMs are up to four. And I get going 10 kilometers. And I'm, doing, I'm, and I'm happy, by the way. <laughs> and I'm going, I hit, there's a stop sign coming, and I'm looking, because I can't stop. Because if I stop, this thing ain't going to go anymore. So I'm just, <laughs> I'm praying all the way home. Lord, just let that lane be clear. And I'm looking, and I get past the house, and I got about five seconds to make this decision, and there's no cars coming, and I just run the stop sign and get into my lane. And I keep the momentum going. And, you know, when you drive a, when you drive a regular car, you don't realize all the ups and downs that a road actually has. But when you have to push a car and hope that 10 kilometers will keep going, you notice every little dip. And all of a sudden, I'm going 20, and I'm going downhill. And uh, I'm not going to tell you the next part because I did something highly illegal. But I got through it. <laughs> the Lord blessed me. And I got through it. He, he carried me through. <laughs> but I get to the last corner, which is by my house, and all of a sudden there's a big hill. I know. It goes, it, it, the road goes up about five feet. Big hill. And all of a sudden, and I, I made it around the corner because of, there was a bit of a downslope. So now I'm going about 25. And I get around the corner, and all of a sudden I start slowing down. And I thought, oh, no, I'm not going to make it to my driveway. So I, I try to open the door, and it's locked. So I'm, I'm busy fiddling with the lock. I get the door open. So now I'm going about 15. I get the door open, and I jump out because I'm going to start pushing. Except I couldn't keep up with the car. <laughs> And I grab the door, and I'm hanging on to this door. Finally, I get my feet under me, and I start running, and it gets slower and slower, and I'm only about halfway up this big hill. And, and this guy, so, so fortunately, there was this really nice gentleman. He whips past me in a van, and he pulls over, and he comes running out of his van, and he helps me push it up this big hill. And it gets me, and I jump back in, and I'm saying, thank you, thank you. And I pull into the driveway, and then it was all downhill from there. As in, as in the driveway downhill. So it's still sitting there, and I don't know how I'm going to fix it. Um, but 
I believe God's going to give me some favor on Monday, tomorrow. Because Pastor Nelson, through all his mechanical genius stuff, he knows the GM dealer manager. And I'm going to ask a huge favor on Monday. And I believe for a favorable answer. Because I'm not out of the woods on that one yet. But you know, I, do you mind if I tell one more story? Because it, it, you know what? I really started praying because I would have dreams and I would never remember my dreams. And uh, I remember one um, surge, young adults, I, I taught it. I taught it, and I said, how does God speak to you? And I had different ways. And then I remember uh, Brendan telling me he speaks in dreams. God gives him dreams, and he remembers them, and he, and he has a notepad, and he writes them down. And I thought, God, I want to start having more dreams, or dreams. I, I want to remember my dreams. And it's been amazing. Over the last eight weeks, I've had probably about six dreams that I actually remembered and they've been highly significant. And uh, my message this morning is called Jacob's Ladder. <laughs> I'm climbing Jacob's Ladder. I, about six weeks ago, I had this dream. And I woke up in the morning, and I remembered my dream. And it was of this real mm, ugly-looking face. And it's no one here, so... <laughs> and I had this dream, but it was kind of almost evil looking. And I don't, didn't recognize it. I don't know who it was. was no, no, nobody significant, nothing significant about it. But then I, about five seconds into the dream, or milliseconds, I hear dreams are really short. So about five milliseconds into the dream, there I was, I say, in the name of Jesus. And I just, I said that about 10 times in my dream, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, and then my dream ended. That was it. There was no miracle, there was nothing, the evil face didn't change, nothing, it just, that was it. And I totally forgot about a dream after that. About three weeks after that, in one of my business dealings, my, my business associate phoned me and said, man, we are making such progress, and we ran into this one guy, and he's just stopped the whole, all the progress. And he said, this guy is just so arrogant. He's so arrogant. He's just so full of himself, and he won't sign the documents that we need signed, and he's just stopped the whole thing. And uh, I said, well, you know what? And this... this it, it was about 9 o'clock in the evening, and he was about to get onto a, a phone call with this guy because he was in Europe. And so it was just coming around to being morning in Europe, and he was going to talk to this guy. And I said, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll pray. And I was at my campfire. I was all by myself. And I said, bye. And all of a sudden, I remembered my dream. I don't know why I hadn't thought of it before. I didn't think about it in the middle of a phone conversation. But I put the phone down, and I was, I was going to start praying. And I remembered my dream. And I'm going to tell you about three different things that all these dots connected. And I, and I think they're really key to what we've been learning over the last year or so. The thought came to me, and it was a picture and we remember, I don't remember, we, we've been talking about developing our imagination. All of a sudden, the picture in my head was Satan being cast out of heaven. Why? It was his pride and his arrogance and the fact that he wanted to be lifted up. Pride and arrogance. And boom, all of a sudden, the thought, that's the face I saw. Not a person, it was pride and arrogance. It was just like that. Within a few seconds, all this stuff happened in my, my head. And then I've been listening to some preaching that I really enjoy, and there was a scripture verse that says, whatever been bound in heaven, we can bind on earth. And whatever's been released, loosed in heaven, you can loose on earth. 
And all of a sudden, the thought, Heavenly Father, you cast Satan out of heaven, bound him because of his pride and his arrogance. And all of a sudden, I just started saying, pride and arrogance, I bind you in the name of Jesus. While I'm walking back and forth on the driveway, Brenda probably looked outside, and what's that guy doing? Who is he talking to anyways? Because I was like actually talking out loud. And, and, also, and, and this took about a minute, and all these just thoughts started going. And then all of a sudden, all these other scripture verses that I remember, and, and I was, for about 20 minutes, I just paced back and forth on my driveway, talking out loud. I don't know if anybody else heard me out there. <laughs> Noise can travel out there really far. I woke up the next morning, and... My business partner phoned. He said, you know what? I don't know what happened to that guy, but he's the most friendly, most cooperative, and the documents that we were waiting for, he's already sent them before I even called him. Just like that. Now, I'm, I'm crazy enough to think that God put all, put that dream there, put those scriptures in my way over the last few months. But it's not for me alone. That, I mean, to me, that's like, wow. But, but God, I, I want to get to the story. I get too excited. I get jumpy, and I just want to jump out of my shoes. And <laughs> You should see me driving. Brenda says, you're an aggressive driver. And, I, and so... And I am. But, but, ah, but you know what? It's exciting when you see God working. And when God uses you. And, I, you know what? I've been reading about Jacob, and he was an aggressive guy. Now, he wasn't always ethical in his aggression. <laughs> So we have to, to kind of temper that and say, okay, that wasn't really good of you. But, but I, I, he was, he actually, as you look at the first 40 years of his life in the first couple chapters of his story, um, he was quite unethical. And uh, he was so unethical that his father had to send him away. And that's where I want to start my sermon. <laughs> it's in Genesis 28. He has gotten the birthright from Esau in chapter 26, I think, chapter 27. Then his mom overhears Isaac, his father, talking to Esau, saying, go, go hunting because I want to eat that venison that you make. It's amazing venison, and I'm going to bless you. And the mom overhears that and rushes over to Jacob and say, you better go get me a, a, a lamb or whatever. Quickly, we got to be quick here before Esau gets back so that your father will bless you. I mean, and then he disguises himself with the fur. He puts on J Esau's garment so that he would smell like a hunter. Um, and and he, he gets the blessing. But now in chapter 28, he is afraid. And his father has to send him away. He's about 40 years old, and he's not married yet either. That's pretty amazing. Justin, you got lots of time. You got lots of time, Justin. I don't know why I looked at you when I said that. but So, so he gets sent away. Now... As I was thinking about this, because you know what, I, I end up, ah, man, I, 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 I love God's word. I think more of you should get more into it. Because I, I, I was talking to Alvaro yesterday, yeah, yesterday. Boy, time goes slow. That was only yesterday. But it's amazing. I read the stories of David and I go, oh, there's me. There's me. 
Oh, there's me. Then I read the story of Jacob. And, there's me. Well, there's me. Then I read the story of Moses. Oh, there's me. And every character in the Bible just comes alive because just God has such an amazing way to speak. And I was just thinking, you know, there are so many things in our life that we just do on our own. I remember when I was 18, I thought I had life by the tail. And I had all my plans. I realized I put God in my box, in my plans. And I kind of told God, this is the way it's going to go. Now, the outcome is I, I did want to go into full-time ministry and stuff, but I told God how it was going to happen. And sometimes we get that way, and I really believe this is Jacob here, saying this is the way it's going to happen. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get that. I'm going to achieve this. And you don't hear of any connection with God for Jacob up to this point in time. And we get ourselves in trouble because we're going to do it our way. And we have our plans, and they run parallel, kind of. But yet, we don't really have to submit to God. We're going to get there somehow, some way, somewhere, at some time. And here's Jacob, literally now in fear because he tried it all his way. And now he's actually getting sent away. His father says, you go back to Haran and find a woman. <laughs> That's what he said. Not quite those words. But you, you need to leave because you've kind of created a mess here. And actually, for the betterment of your life, you better leave. But here's the statement I wrote down. God is completely aware of where you are at all times, in all circumstances, no matter what you've done. God knows exactly where you are at all times. Jacob did not, I'm just going to read you some of the statements I made as I was thinking of. Jacob did not have a good history at this point in time. Jacob wasn't in the, the middle of nowhere. If you read, um, it says, And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went to Haran, and he lighted upon a certain place, just a kind of a nowhere place, and tarried there all night because the sun had already set. So he wasn't in the middle of nowhere for any good reason. God had him right where God wanted him. And it just says he was in a certain place. He wasn't planning on dreaming. He wasn't planning on this visitation. God wasn't really even in his sights at that point in time. But God knew exactly where he was, knew exactly what he had done, knew exactly what he was going through. This is Genesis chapter 28, by the way, verse 12, 11. Yeah, 11 and 12. Here, uh, here's where he was going. He was going to Haran, which means to burn, to be hot, to be scorched, or to be charred. Anybody kind of do your own thing and you find yourself in a real hot predicament? That's what Jacob was. He was going from a place, Beersheba, which was a, a covenant-making place. And he was going to the wilderness, somewhere that was hot, scorching. And that's where God met him. That's where God met him. Verse 12 then says, and he dreamed. It didn't matter. Didn't matter the history. It says, I wrote down, God is always intent upon encountering us. 
no matter where we are at. No matter what you think you've done that may have messed it up. Maybe you think your life is going nowhere. Maybe you think you've hit the wall. God knows exactly where you are. Knows exactly the predicament that we've put ourselves in. And he's still intent on encountering us. I wrote down, Jacob wasn't seeking God. He wasn't seeking God. But rather, God was seeking out Jacob. God always initiates. And I don't have to time. I mean, I'm going to go through this pretty quickly because there could be a sermon on a lot of this stuff. But God is always intent on initiating. And when we think about the idea of, of the supernatural lifestyle, God is intent, and it's sprinkled throughout his word, the, the idea that God wants to connect with you. God wants to work through you. And if, if we could get that into our spirit, rather than trying to do it our way all the time, trying to do it this way or that way, allow God to work through you. Say, God, I'm going to get ahead of myself, but that's okay. God, what are you showing me? I laid in bed this morning, and I, I God, <laughs> it's, it just happens all the time now. It's like, and I, and I saw this picture, and I'm going to get to it. But I was asking, God, you know, the power was out. Like, I didn't have time to prepare. I was just, I had all these, I, fortunately, I had prepared a lot ahead of time. But usually Fridays and then Saturdays and then even Sunday mornings, I'm preparing and all of a sudden it's all shut down. And I'm laying in bed this morning thinking, what am I going to say? And then all of a sudden God gave me a picture. Boom. And God, I, I know exactly how I'm going to close my message. Because God, God is so interested in how I close my message this morning. <laughs> he is. And I didn't know exactly where I'm going. I could... And boom, I woke up probably about 5 o'clock, and I started praying. I said, God, show me, show me something. Say something to me. And then I kind of fell asleep again. <laughs> and all of a sudden, boom, I opened my eyes. And I go, wow, that was an amazing picture. And I'm going to get to that picture. But, but that is how God wants to work through us. It's not about... I'm getting up in the morning, I'm eating my porridge, reading my paper, warming up the car, going the same old route to work, doing my eight hours, going home. That's not what God is interested in. God wants to connect with you. Connect with you so that you're connecting dots throughout your day. You're seeing God working. You're seeing God moving. He, maybe he wants to show you a picture in the morning. During your devotional time, he wants to show you a picture. And all of a sudden, at 12.05, you see that picture in the middle of your day. Maybe he gives you a scripture verse. You weren't planning on reading a particular chapter, and you read a particular chapter of a particular story, and you see the exact same thing happening in the office that day. God wants to connect, and he's always initiating but at the end of this dream, you know what Jacob says? Whoa, God was in this place, and I didn't even know it. And that's what happens at about 10 o'clock. We go lay down, and ah, God didn't show up in my day today. And we missed point after point after point after point after point of God encountering us. And we missed it. Missed it. Weren't aware didn't see, didn't hear, didn't understand, didn't perceive. And we go throughout our day according to our plan, according to our route, and we miss the supernatural that is occurring around us every single minute. Every single minute there's something happening. And we miss it, and Jacob, he ends up waking up I'm going to go through the dream a little bit. But he ends up waking up and said, wow. Let me get his words right here. I don't want to put words into his mouth. 
He said, how amazing, how awesome is this place. This is none other but the house of God. Well, that was the next verse. One verse back. Jacob awake from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. And we get to the end of the day and says, I guess God didn't want to connect with me today. Just go to sleep. Yeah, it's kind of a boring day. Well, no, that was actually a really hard day. <laughs> that was a hard day, and, and God was all around trying to help you out. <laughs> but God dr- gave him a dream. It's an amazing dream. Behold a ladder, verse 12, set up on the earth. You know, that threw me off. I said, why is the ladder on the earth? But I'm going to get to that in a second. And the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. I wrote down in my notes, can you throw a scripture verse up here? Or you are, can you go John 1, 51? Jesus runs into a couple disciples, and he, one, one, a guy's brother comes to Jesus and says, hey, where's your brother? And it's Nathaniel. And he goes and sees Nathaniel, and he says, hey, Nathaniel, I saw you sitting under this tree earlier today. Whoa, Nathaniel says, you're the son of God. And Jesus says, well, uh, you haven't seen nothing yet, is what he told him in the previous verse. And then this is, Jesus said to him, I assure you most solemnly, I tell you all, you shall see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Exactly the dream Jacob had. Angels ascending and descending. Now, my message isn't about angels, but it's a really interesting topic. I can get you a good book about it. I, I get all, I, you know, I read this stuff, and I go down all these rabbit trails. It's, it's fun. Here's Isaiah 64, verse 1. Oh, God, rend the heavens and come down. You know how interested God is in heaven invading earth? Do you realize how interested? That's Isaiah 64. This is what Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth earth as it is in do you realize how much god desires to come and be connected with you throughout your day and like jacob we miss it i don't know how many times god knocked on jacob's door in those 40 years of his life because he's about 40 at this time how how many times did god come to visit him and see him and show him things and do amazing things and he missed it he missed it the reason i i i a lot of people say oh that was old testament and that's why i wanted to bring john 1 51 write that one down who is i heard one guy say our prototype the word uses God's word uses, he's our example. Who is our example? Jesus is our example. And what did Jesus say a little further along? He says, greater things shall you do. You know, what you see me do, greater things you'll do. Jesus is our prototype for how we operate. So this isn't just a a cool dream that Jacob had. This is Jesus talking to us. This is Jesus showing us how it should be done. This is Jesus speaking to us. And so there's angels up and down. And then, behold, the Lord stood above it at the top and was speaking. Now, I already read you the verse where this is, this is Jacob's definition. 
of this. Of this picture. Jacob's definition. This is the house of God. And what are we? I wrote, I wrote them all down here. Just in case somebody was wondering. We are the house of God. We are the temple. And in us dwells God himself. We are the house of God. But what, I, what is amazing to me is his second explanation of what the house of God is. It's, do we have that up there so you can all see it? Um, I'm going to... Because I, I want you to see this because I don't want to just be words coming up. So Genesis 28, 17, verse 17. Because this is what I really... The, the last line. Gateway to heaven. Um, King James says gateway of heaven. What is a gate? What is a gate? And what does it do? I got a gate in my yard. And it takes me from one realm of my yard, front yard. I walk through the gate, and I'm in a front yard, a different realm, different aspect, different dimension of my yard. You know what you are? You are a gateway. You are a gateway. Now, I'm con condensing all this stuff because I, I got a picture I want to tell you. You are a gateway. God wants to open his kingdom through you. And it doesn't have to be some super spiritual thing that's always happening. I think that scares so many of us is I might look silly. I'm, I don't know if I could step into that. I don't know if I want that to happen to me. Do you realize you can say just certain words that God gives you? God can give you a picture of just the simplest thing that you say those words at the right time and all of a sudden the kingdom of heaven is invading that situation right there, right then, and it just pierces the heart of somebody. It just clicks with somebody. Even just simple, natural things, a simple solution Alvaro, I think you're going to, God's going to give you an answer on a computer system and the guy standing beside you say, whoa, where did that come from? Can you imagine building a house and the person can't figure out how they're going to manage this and all of a sudden God gives you a picture. Boom, and it's arranged exactly the way. Simple things, they go, whoa, that's amazing. How did you come up with that? I, do you realize the doors that God will open, but you need to be connected. You need to be connected. You need to be connected. I've used this scripture verse a lot of times at different coffee meetings I've had. But God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, press into him, pursue him. The picture God gave me this morning was of a guy like this. Just like that. I don't know if that says anything to you. But I'll tell you what it says to me and what it meant to me. That's just a little too casual for me. That frustrates me. <laughs> that frustrates me. <laughs> That's just too... Here's another line I like. If you're casual about something, you're going to become a casualty. And to, to wrap this up, this is what God is saying. 
We're too casual. I'm sorry if that, I hope you bought your steel toed boots today. Diligently seek. Guard your heart with all diligence. Draw near to me, the Lord says, and I'll draw near to you. God has amazing connections. And I, I may have had one of my hardest days on Friday. <laughs> but, but God had me prepared for it. <laughs> I didn't like it. <laughs> and it was hard. And uh, yeah, I don't want to go further than that. But it's not over yet. It's not over yet. It's not over yet. I've, I've seen too many people. Uh, they, they hit a challenge, a roadblock, and they give up. And I told God, it's only going to make me dig harder. Pursue harder. Inquire Deeper. I don't want to become a casualty. But if you don't want to be a casualty, you can't be casual. You got to persevere. You got to hunt. <laughs> I wrote three words down here. Hebrews 11:6 is where God tells us he wants to reward us. But but the word diligently seek means to investigate. There's nothing casual about that. It means to scrutinize. There's nothing casual about that. It means to pursue. Now, pursue isn't just kind of meandering and following. Pursuing is going after and, and I, again, I've seen so many, especially the young people that have come through our youth ministry. They, they, they become young adults, and they hit a hardship. And rather than pursuing and digging in and investigating, they give up. They drop out. They drop out. And they never, they never achieve the promise that God gave them. They never achieved the... Listen to what God says to, to Jacob. He says, Behold, this is in the dream. I will be with you and keep you in all places. This is verse 15. And I will bring thee again to this land. And I, listen, I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken of to thee. God is committed to the word that he spoke over you. He's committed to the dream that he put into you. He's committed to his word. He's committed to every single word that he put in here. And we see something that doesn't happen the way we think it should happen. And we give up. And we start doubting. And we just lose heart. And we drop out of the race. And God is saying, pursue. Get a... Get a Jacob ends up wrestling. If you read the rest of the story, he wrestles with God himself. To the point in the morning of this wrestling match, God is saying, okay, you got to let go of me. <laughs> you got to let go. And Jacob says, I'm not letting go until you bless me. Until you, what you said there in that dream that you would be with me and you would bless me. I'm not letting go. And we have too many people that let go and they get casual about it. And God is saying, pursue, press in. You want to see some of those amazing things that you see and hear, press into me. 
It's not about that person. It's not about that ministry. It's not about that denomination. It's, not, it's about me. It's about your connection with me. And when you get connected with me, I'll put pictures in your head. I'll put words. I'll put sentences that, that somebody will repeat that sentence in the middle of the day. And boom, your eyes will open and say, where did I hear that before? You'll be carrying a battery down to a boat. And all of a sudden, what you're carrying there will just remind you of this, this dream you had. This answer you had. God will just pop things into your head. And it might take two or three days. And all of a sudden, it's there. Little, little milestones, little markers along the way. But we don't catch them. And when we miss them. And then we think, I guess God's not interested in my life. Where all along, he's putting clues. He's putting clues. He's putting clues. He's putting things there. We miss them. I don't want to be this version of Jacob that says, surely God was there and I missed him. I missed him. I missed him. I don't want to miss God. I don't want to miss God. I don't want to be like that picture of some guy just leaned up against the wall, just observing and wondering, kind of checking his watch. When is this going to be over? When are they going to finish? I don't want to be that. I don't want to be casual. I think I said it a couple weeks. I meant like I go a weeks ago. I'm all in. I, go, <laughs> I don't want to. Go, I don't want to go to the other option right now. There's option A and B. And I don't want to be that guy that just leans up against the wall. I guess. Well, I guess that's. Ain't happening today. Uh, I want to be. Oh, you know what? I didn't tell you why the ladder was on the ground. See, God initiates. It's up to us to pursue. And I, I, I had a hard time with that. I said, God. You're the one that's in charge of the ladder. You should have come from heaven to earth. And it was just like, it's clear to say, no, no. No, I initiated. I, I opened the heavens. I taught you how to pray. Now you got to do it. You're the one that's got to pray that way. The heaven is open. In, in, in Isaiah 64, when it says, oh God, rend the heavens. The heavens were open. God is looking for people that are pursuing the open heaven. And that's why he puts the ladder on the ground so you can start moving. That it's there for you. Step one, go for it. Step two, go. He puts the ladder on the ground so that you have the ability to pursue him. And the only way you're going to access that open heaven is if you pursue it. If you go after it. And if you're going to be casual and just lean up against the wall... Maybe you got your own ladder. I guarantee you, you get to get to the top of that ladder, and like they say, it's on the wrong building. But God has put the ladder there on the ground for you, and it goes from where you are. And he's saying, come on, take a step. Draw nigh unto me. Climb, take a step. Take a step. Take a step. Hmm. <sighs> How many of you want to take a step? I want to encourage you to just stand up. If you want to. God gave me that picture of a guy just leaning casually against the wall. If you don't want to be that guy anymore, I just want you to lift up your hands. Say, Lord, I don't want to be that person. Make it a prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, I don't want to be that casual guy. 
who just stands there and observes. Who stands there and just wonders when this is all going to be over. The kind of guy that just kind of looks at his watch and says, okay, when is this going to be done? This is really taking a long time. This project is a little, it's a little harder than I thought. Heavenly Father, birth in us aggression. Lord, that's my prayer. Birth in us aggression. Aggression that says where I'm at right now is not good enough. I want to go further. I want to go higher. I want to go deeper. Aggression in us. Aggression in us. Birth in us aggression, Lord, that makes us pursuers, not just wanderers, not just loiterers, but make us pursuers. God, make us investigators, ones that are always looking for your clues. You got clues everywhere for us. God, make us investigators that diligently seek, seek after what you're doing, that are looking for the clues, wondering what, with excitement, where's the next clue? Where's the next answer? Where's the next direction? That are going through our day, yes, working hard for our bosses, but God, knowing that we're about and going about our Father's business. Oh, God, make us aggressive after your business, after your kingdom, that we're seeking your kingdom first. And all those other things, all those other things that got to line up, they'll line up. Sometimes not the way we think they should line up, but they'll line up. But let us seek first the kingdom of God. Pursue your righteousness. God, help us to scrutinize. Scrutinize. Knowing there's something more here. There's something deeper here. There's something more at play here. There's something more going on. Oh, the natural, it just scratches the surface. There's more going on. Oh, Heavenly Father, let your aggressiveness just come right now. Just be imparted to each one of us. Aggressiveness for you, for your kingdom. Oh, for your word. Make us aggressive. Aggressiveness. Oh, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Amen. God bless you.